0: Welcome to another episode of Prove Me Wrong, Please. My name is Connor. Uh, In today's episode, I talk about the recent escalation of tensions in Israel, and in order to broach that contentious topic, I am joined by an old friend and his wife uh, of Palestinian descent um, who kind of share their experiences in response to the rise in violence that we've seen in the region over the last week. Now, I wanted to talk about this topic specifically uh, because it's gaining a lot of national attention, but also because I think it's related to a lot of some of the other big issues that I've discussed in previous episodes, including the Black Lives Matter movement, police violence, uh, but also just religion, the military industrial complex, and the just larger rise of autocracy that we're seeing around the world. I mean, for those of you who know me or have listened to this podcast, I love talking international affairs. But in this particular case, I'm not very much of an expert at all, which is why I'm very appreciative that Hala and Piero were willing to sit down and chat with me yesterday um, to discuss this issue. Now, I'm not going to pretend that by any means we're solving the problem through this conversation. Uh, And in fact, there are plenty more qualified people to actually speak to this issue if you're interested. Um, But I I was very much interested in just kind of taking a step back and looking at the broader scope of this issue. Um, And before I kind of drop us or drop you into the episode, um, I do want to just quickly summarize what I mean when I talk about this recent rise in tensions for those who have not been paying that much attention uh, to the news. So obviously, the Arab-Israeli conflict dates back over 100 years, but I'm just going to kind of focus on what we're seeing more recently, um, which is about a week ago, Israeli police raided a mosque uh, in Jerusalem Uh, multiple times during their Ramadan service. Now this mosque is actually the third holiest site in Islam Um, and if you watch any of the videos of these raids, police are literally firing tear gas and rubber bullets uh, and throwing uh, like flash grenades in the middle of service which is the equivalent of like the church, uh, I mean Christmas service um, for Christians. Uh, Medical personnel were barred from actually helping all those injured and there were Many people, I think some reports of over 300 injured uh, in one of these such raids. Um, This happened uh, the same day that Israeli nationalists were actually planning an annual parade through Jerusalem to celebrate uh, the Israeli 1967 capture of that area along with the West Bank and Gaza. Um, And it comes, I, I believe, a few weeks after another group of Israeli nationalists were marching through the streets chanting death to Arabs, let your village burn. And that videos of that uh, went viral and um, are s- sort of important to setting the stage for what happened um, over the last week. Now, Palestinians have, over the last few weeks, been holding protests to block forced evictions of uh, Palestinians for Jewish settlers. Um, and actually, right now, the Israeli Supreme Court is weighing a, a decision on a case uh, as to whether or not that forced eviction is legal, but they're putting it on hold for the time being. So over the last week, Hamas, the terrorist organization in Palestine, has been firing rockets largely indiscriminately uh, into Israel, um, with Israel responding with its own airstrikes. Now, it's worth mentioning that the Israeli response has typically been a lot more egregious than um, the the Palestinian I'm sure I'm gonna get some shit for saying that, but if you just look at the numbers, over 60 people, as of yesterday, uh, mostly Palestinians, were killed compared to about like five or six Israelis. A large part of this is due to the fact that just the Israeli defense um, apparatus is just far more advanced. They have the Iron Dome system that essentially just intercepts rockets being launched into Israel. But anyways, the international community has largely condemned the violence. The United Nations. Uh, just a few days ago, warned that this escalating violence could potentially turn into a full-blown war. So this is definitely gaining a lot of attention uh, on the world stage. The Biden administration is now under increased pressure to do more than what they've previously done, which is just kind of express concerns. But as to what is going to happen in the near future to kind of tamp down on this violence and bring both sides to the table, the negotiating table has yet to be seen. Um, And so, again, I know that's a very quick summary. I'm sure there are plenty of news articles out there that you can check out that will actually give you a better synopsis of how we got here and uh, what it means kind of moving forward. But for now, I think that should be sufficient uh, to drop you into the episode. Now, as always, I'm, and especially with this episode, I'm sure there's going to be some things that folks listening will disagree with, so I encourage you to reach out. Uh, you can either email me at pmwp.pod at gmail.com or message me on Twitter at prove please, um, and I'd be happy to have you on on a future episode or at least just share your thoughts um, should you have anything at least constructive to say for that matter. I'm not all too interested in your hate mail, but I'll take it nonetheless. Anyways. With that said, uh, enjoy our conversation about the recent rise in tensions. And as always, I encourage you to prove me wrong, please.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to start by saying that I was not aware about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict at all until I made I met my current wife. I I study international relations. I grew up with a lot of uh, Jewish people in Peru and Miami. And a lot of my closest friends are Jewish, but I, I've never really saw it from, I never really heard the other side of the story. I was never really aware. I was never really educated and never took the initiative of educating myself either. But it wasn't until I met Hala that I started hearing and her Arabic friends. That's when I started becoming more informed about the situation and started caring more and more with the passing of the days. And then, then I started doing my own research and talking to people. But that pretty much kind of was the domino effect right after I met her. Um, and I and I feel like the average human being um, is also not aware because it's uh, they don't really they don't really broadcast this sort of news in regular, um, I don't know, just like mainstream media, like Fox through CNN is very hidden for the common public. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's
0: another reason I kind of wanted to talk about it is because it, it is starting to get a little bit more media traction. And I think in part because it has a lot of overlap with like the Black Lives Matter movement in a way, mm-hmm. because like, that's another, you know, systemic issue that's, that's been around for, uh, I mean, a long time, and just did not really garner enough like attention, and um, and we're now seeing. Uh, hopefully, more people are starting to tune into to. Uh, I, w- I don't want to use the word conflicts because that implies you know you know equal kind of measures on both sides. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm curious. Like, does Hala have? Uh, I don't know if Hala's listening. Hala, do you have yeah. family? uh still in in Palestine and are you hearing anything like from them um and like what's your kind of take on the last few days
2: yes I still have my parents and my siblings who live between Ramallah and Nablus and I lived there all my life I just came here like four years ago so I'm aware of things going on um so it's now currently it's kind of far from them but the country itself is very small so like, if you get out of the city of Nablus, you will see the settlements. So it's not like they are very far, but it's outside the city so far. Um, like, we can expect what's going to happen, but this time looks different, I think, because many Americans are aware of that. The social media is helping. So I think Palestinians are seeing more hope this time than before, at least, like, by educating other people about what's really going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your general opinion of Hamas. And I, I ask that because I think a lot of those, especially on the right in America tend to point to Hamas and terrorist organizations in general, as uh, representative of like the overall community. And I, and I am curious as to your perspective, because you know, you re, I've read in news articles about how many Palestinians really don't like Hamas and try to distance themselves from, you know, that organization. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, like, what are your, what are your thoughts?
2: um my thoughts like to be honest um i think most most palestinians feel the same they don't like how hamas is treating their people or they can be unfair to them but at the same time they feel like it's the only is the only party that's standing in front of israel in case of like attacks on palestinians or like jerusalem so they only the only force that can show some resistance let's say I'm more into, like, peaceful resistance, like the BDS, um, like, boycotting Israel products. But I can say, like, in these situations, Palestinians will take the side of Hamas and say, like, yeah, do it, because they they started this. Uh, but we disagree with Hamas policies uh, towards the people in Gaza, for mm. sure. What,
0: what do you think, like, the Palestinian Authority uh, could do to to improve the situation of Palestinians? Or do you feel like they're just kind of not very um strong to begin with
2: uh like fatah you mean the leadership in the west bank uh i think i don't think they much have they have much to do it's all up to the the people themselves um It's very hard to explain how Israel is controlling every aspect of our lives, like economically, like financially, all aspects. We cannot have like our own central bank. We cannot have our own currency. And they use these tools to put pressure on the leadership also, you know, like different Different forces, so they really don't have much to do. Like they control the roads, they control our movement, they control even the the president movement. If you want to go from one city to another, and the situation is not helping, you need a permit from them to move or like to go from one place to another. So they really don't have much to do. But um, like I would say, maybe more pressure on foreign countries that are involved, like the US. But since we don't have, you know, any effects. Or positive effects let's say uh or benefits with like the us or these powerful countries they will not look at us they will yeah. not like uh but they 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 look at us because it's like a humanitarian case or you know um
0: so so human rights watch just recently called uh the israeli occupation in the west bank and gaza modern day apartheid would you agree with that and because i mean you, as you just mentioned like it's essentially like a completely different system for Palestinians living uh currently in in the area
2: yeah definitely it's apartheid for sure because they don't allow uh Palestinians to be in their lands they keep expanding um they keep like stealing homes like I feel one day they will take over my house and in, in my city like it's not like Im- impossible it can happen and I had this conversation with my friend yesterday who lives in Canada I'm like I fear this day that might come, and I still have family there, and it's my land, and I have roots there. And also, like looking at the situation that Israelis think it's their land, and they have the right because they're just Jewish. I think that's like a the definition of racism and apartheid for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? What would you like to see the uh, like the Biden administration do? Because up to this point, you know, they've pretty much just condemned the actions um and said that you know the 3.8 billion that the u.s provides israel in military aid each year comes with conditions but for the most part like they haven't really outlined a, a clear strategy as to how to deal with it is there something specific that you would want to see like the u.s do uh, that they're not currently doing
2: yeah for sure like they keep talking about peace uh, process and peace talk and all this uh... You know, like, there's no peace with these people because they don't want to, they're not going to give up. They have, like, this, imagine of their country from the sea to the to the sea. They want to have it. So no one's going to stop them. So, like, when they say about peace or talk about peace, okay, what do you mean by that? Exactly. Like, when they talk about 67, Israel says, no, it's not going to happen. And they keep expanding. So maybe, like, It's very, very hard to find like one solution, but I always think about Confederate country where like both live together and both can like uh, work in different, like in in this part of the country and this part of the country with no restrictions because it belongs to both. It belongs to Jewish, Muslim, and Christian. But what's going on on the table now, is not gonna work for sure. I think they should look for different alternatives.
0: So on that note, Would you, so you're essentially like in support of like a single state solution in which like, you know, Jews, Christians, Muslims can all kind of live harmoniously, which I mean, to be fair, was exactly what was the case prior to like World War Mm One. And, and this is like a very new issue, uh, because, um, I mean, like I said, like all, all three religions and communities had lived peacefully up for a long time until then. Uh, But, you know, in the last like 40 years, a lot of like US diplomacy has been focused more so on like pursuing a two state solution, which Bibi Netanyahu, I think within the last few years has said is not even a possibility or a consideration. I think he said that in part to just kind of corral the support of like the more conservative people in Israel. What are your thoughts on on that? I mean, you already kind of indicated that you would support like a single state or, or are you more so vying for a two state solution?
2: I think for me and any other Palestinians, they will not uh, agree. Of There's so many of them who say, no, this land is mine. I want to be able to go to Yaffa, Haifa, Jerusalem, whenever I want. I feel the same. I feel like that's my land. I want to have the permit to be there whenever I feel like it, uh, with like no restrictions. So their problem is not with, uh, with Jewish people. Their problem is with Zionism and the idea of expanding and expanding and taking more over the land um so if you if you have this uh plan for and present it to all the palestinians they'll be like yeah we, you, they are welcome to do it like and we want to have jewish here we want to have christian we have muslim islam for three religion but if you tell them two state solution and you're gonna have like these bits of land here and there they're not gonna and also like if even if we say yes to that israel is not stopping they have they have, they impose so many restrictions on our movements. Like if I want to go from my city to another city, there are like many checkpoints I have to pass by, like even just to visit my sister. So it's not only like, okay, take your, this land and we take this land. No, they are everywhere between the cities of Palestinians also. So it's not going to work because they will, they don't want it to work as two state solution. So I don't think that's something we should negotiate in the beginning.
0: Do you have uh, any any plans to return to Palestine anytime soon, or like, what about your family there? Do they ever talk about leaving?
2: No, they don't talk about leaving because it's their life there. They already have their roots, their like family, their friends. It's hard for them to leave. And for me, yeah, like I would love to go back. I, I'm, I'm attached to this land. I have so many memories there. Uh, I always say if the situation was different, I would never leave in the beginning, in the first place. I would just stay there. Because I feel like it's my job also to make, like, contribute from my side uh, in different levels, like with educating maybe my uh, fellows, maybe be in, like, a position where I can make uh, policies or, like, apply them. So I feel like responsibility towards my culture. But the situation now is not helping, but I wish one day we can go back and live like normal people here. I always tell Kero, I don't know why some people like feel depressed outside, uh, my my country, let's say, <laughs> when they have everything like Americans, you know, they have the privilege of moving around, traveling, uh, like accessing any country they want and they still feel like depressed and hopeless. Like, come live with us and see the, see the depression.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to go to uh, the Middle East and uh, Israel and visit Palestine. I just never really had the opportunity or I guess I just haven't made the opportunity to do so. Um, but I mean, part of the reason I also want to talk to Piero in addition to yourself is because we lived in China together. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, somewhat related to this issue is just like the rise of autocracy that I'm seeing around the world that's kind of following the Chinese model of you know a very strong-handed government that employs you know police and pretty harsh tactics to quell um, protesters movements like the ones that we're currently seeing over the last few days. Um, Piero, like, uh, have you kind of reflected at all about like our time in China and like the similarities that are kind of uh, presenting themselves over the course of the last week?
1: Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, I, a c- I, yeah, I have not,
0: not I- identical for sure.
1: Yeah, not identical, but I I am aware also of the situation of the the Muslim Uyghurs residing in, in the, um, the cornering areas of China close to Tibet and how they're also very oppressed, very repressed, and they very silent minority of China and how they're being treated. Um, not only because I, I studied uh, this uh particular cases while i was first interning here in dc but also because i I teach spanish to the kids of a uyghur chinese muslim woman and she's told me about the the concentration camps and the atrocities that take place over there Um, and she she also uh, mentioned that there is some resemblances from what she sees going on between the Israelis and Palestinians and what's going on with the Uyghurs in China and how there is so much um, repression towards them and they're treated as second-class citizens, even though they were born there and they lived there their entire lives. Um, And yeah, Chinese people in the, in mainland China as well, uh, I can do see some similarities as well and how there is like excessive policing and, uh, surveillance everywhere um, and how the the one party system has ha- imposed a iron fist policy, um, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean,
0: I- uh, not to like interrupt, but yeah, I, I don't know, I've just been reflecting a little bit about China as well, because to me, it seems very hard for the US to try to force countries like China to eliminate you know, these sort of practices that are very anti-democratic and, uh, you know, ethnic cleansing, like at its core, when we are essentially allowing that exact same thing to happen in, uh, the country of one of our greatest allies. And so it almost seems as if we just have no credibility on the international stage, unless we actually do something to address this issue, like right now. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. It, it also depends on how, where the interest of the U.S. Uh, lies and who does it align with. I think because uh, when also when I met Hala, she told me that the reason why a lot of Americans and uh, a lot of people in the West were not aware about the what's going on in the Middle East uh, is because uh, a lot of big TV channels, newspapers and ho- Hollywood producers, most of them are Jewish who have aligned interests, Zionist Jewish who have aligned interests with Israel, or they have funded campaigns by Israeli officials, you know. Um, and that's why you don't see it in places like CNN or the New York Times. They would uh, report on it in a very biased way. Um, or, yeah, there's, there's a lot of bias and a lot of obscurity in the U.S. because there's also a lot of powerful figures in the U.S. who have Uh, relationships with israel with israeli politicians with the government of israel Um,
0: yeah it it definitely feels like one of those issues that is i mean not just contentious but almost like toxic to talk about yeah especially for politicians who acknowledge that the jewish voting base in the u.s is very organized and powerful and uh and and you know coming out even like moderately in favor of palestinian rights is almost like a death blow for a lot of people i mean i think Mm -hmm. even even bill clinton when he was campaigning um in 90 92 was uh positioning himself to the right of george hw bush uh with regards to um his stance uh uh, on israel um and so yeah i mean it's it's weird it's weird to, to think about but um when you have people like even like Sh- Sheldon Adelson who is like one of the the wealthiest conservative donors i mean i'm sure that there are, i know there are plenty of uh, wealthy mm-hmm. liberal donors as well um but people like him just like funding a lot of these settlers who are the ones going and living in these occupied territories not actually holding a job they're literally just being paid to live there by wealthy yeah, yeah wealthy us billionaires essentially it it seems to me like mm-hmm. just indicative of, again, a larger problem of wealth inequality and the super rich using their power and influence to kind of guide policies uh, in their own favor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was very spot on. Um, do you want to, do you have anything to add to that? I think you were, you familiar with this guy, this Jewish multimillionaire. The Jewish
2: uh, multimillionaire. Yeah. He, he funded, I think, many campaigns for, uh, Uh, Israeli president like Bibi, he's a good friend of Bibi Netanyahu. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I always tell Kero like power is in the money and Palestinians don't really have it. But I also think we have really nice, like smart ways of resisting. But even those like BDS, Israel says it's like anti-Semitic. They always use it. They love using anti-Semitic, but how mm-hmm. is that? How BDS is anti-Semitic? It's like very peaceful resistant way of resistance. So even like as a Palestinian, I cannot post or write about it because yeah. I cannot even express my my opinion about my country because Israelis will list my name on a website called Canary Mission where they list all the activism outside the Middle East and they put everything about you, whether you are Arab or non-arab and i was thinking also he might be banned from entering the country from expressing for expressing his opinion Mm. about the so when they say the only democratic uh, state in the middle East, i'm like okay what is it i don't see i can't even express my opinion about my country so so if if you were
0: if you were to go back um and you like you think that your name would potentially be on a list should you you know speak like more vocally uh against Israel?
2: They will give me a hard time, even like for my friends who come from Europe or the U.S. to visit. They usually stop them at the airport and ask them, like, where are you going? Uh, Are you trying to go to the West Bank? Don't go. They will kill you. Uh, They try to scare them from going there. And once they leave, they also check their Facebook and Instagram and see if they took any pictures. And if they did, next time they ban them from entering the country they will not allow them so why why they do that they're hiding something no they don't want people to see what's going on Mm -hmm.
0: and again this reminds me of china like i i'm very aware of what i write about on facebook with regards to chinese relations because i do want to go back and visit at some point but i'm afraid that in a much less severe way like i would be monitored and potentially not allowed in the country um I mean, I, I mentioned um, just like the rise of autocracy and almost just like plutocracy as well, just like wealthy interests controlling more and more political power. I mean, we're seeing that not just in China, especially in Israel with Bibi, who's become more and more conservative. And he's currently, you know, facing or indicted for corruption. And a lot of people are kind of viewing this recent crackdown uh, as a way for him to kind of escape the media attention. Um and just divert attention generally. Um, to what extent, Hala, do you kind of attribute the recent protests to um, like that and uh, like corruption in general and just a rising, like a bolster Netanyahu who after a Trump administration that kind of allowed him to do whatever without any kind of um, pushback To what extent is that sort of to blame for what we're seeing right now?
2: I think, as I mentioned before, like being anti Semitic is, or using this uh, word all the time is is overrated and they use it in different and every possible way. Um, But what I want to also say before I answer your question is also, other people are Semitic. We come from the same roots. And this is what many don't understand. Like we cannot be anti-Semitic because we come from the same roots. And the problem is, as I said, they use in every every possible way. Like if you criticize Israel, you're anti-Semitic. If you criticize Bibi Netanyahu, you're anti-Semitic. But uh, I think what he's doing, I'm not sure about the corruption because it's been going for years. I, I've never seen any like results in the in that uh, investigation. But I think you get the power from, of course, the U.S. as an ally, and they support everything he say, they support everything he does. So not being uh, held accountable as a country for, like, war crimes or human crimes, of course you're going to get away with anything you do. Like, no one's going to stop you or question you. I only see the U.N. sometimes uh, criticizing Israel and saying, like, she's committing war crimes, but that's about it. I don't hear that from... Any Western countries?
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, the the U.S. has definitely not been as forceful as some of the European countries in condemning the violence. At least the a number of European Union countries have a, a signed a joint statement. I think last week telling Israel to c- cease the illegal settlements. Um, but I don't I don't think the U.S. has gone that far yet. And again, I think that just kind of speaks to the larger uh, um, problem of money in politics and just how there is so this constant weight over politicians' shoulders that they, they feel that they can't express themselves truthfully without an entire community of people within the country kind of coming down on them and misinterpreting their, their words uh, for their own political gain.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about human rights, I feel like Palestinians are always excluded from this uh, equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we are humans too; we need equal rights. I want to have the same rights as like the Israelis who live just next door. Um, you will see, like most of the programs that are running, like in DC or the, or the US, by Palestinians, they call for this, like equal rights. I want to have. I wanna feel like a human. I want to like go around, move around, like travel, feel like anyone else. So I think this is another thing Palestinians call for, human rights and equality.
0: So what can someone like me do to help like the, the Palestinian cause?
2: I think what they're looking for now is like raising awareness on this cause, um, maybe help funding some of the organizations who um, help, like the Gazans, like their education, you know, every now and then they destroy Gaza. They destroy their schools. They destroy their like house household so i think funding uh, or looking for like programs to fund this um, especially in gaza i think they needed more than the west bank and raising awareness among americans because i meet lots of americans here that, who have no idea about what's going on there
0: mm-hmm. piero like i i don't really know what the u.s history it w- was in peru like w- did we ever try to i mean over overturn a democratic or socialist regime or anything there in the name of defending democracy. Like, what, what is your experience?
1: Yeah, uh, on the sixties, there was a um, Peruvian president that was kind of like Mao Zedong. Uh, it was not like that radical or that drastic, but I I keep I don't know why I'm blanking out on his name, but yeah, it was pretty much. Uh, of U.S. intervention, they, they try to take him out because he had very left-wing ideals in where he he was a president of the masses um, and um, he was just like taking out all of, trying to get rid of the plutocracy that you're talking about and having equal opportunities for everybody and, and creating schools and hospitals in the poorest areas of Peru. Um, but a lot of, a lot of Peruvians, uh, like my father who comes from a poor background or my grandparents, um, uh, they were, they will be in favor of this guy mainly because of their social strata. But if you talk to more wealthy Peruvians, middle-class, high-class Peruvians, they, they only have negative opinions about presidents like himself. Um, and, and right now, we're also seeing something similar happening. Uh, we have the candidate Castillo running against Keiko Fujimori. And this guy, supposedly, he has very similar views to Hugo Chavez and Fidel Castro. And um, people think that if Mr. Castillo wins the presidency in Peru, that they, there's going to be another American intervention. Um, they're going to try to take him out just like they have intervened in other South American countries like Chile, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with Pinochet and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Before I let you guys go, uh, Hala, is there anything that you would say to like any Jewish listeners out there? Because I will say from my more politically active Jewish friends, I have seen them uh, posting a lot in, in support of Palestinians. And so like, I know... That obviously the Jewish community in Israel and the U.S. is not a monolith in the same way that the Palestinian is not at all. Like, what would you like to say to to those listening and specifically perhaps like Jewish listeners?
2: Um, I would like um, to confirm about that we are not uh, against Jewish people Mm -hmm. and we have no problem with them. Our problem is with Zionism, uh, inequality, and I also would like to thank them if they support the cause, because it's a humanitarian cause before uh, it's a religious one. And I would urge Americans, uh, Jewish and Americans, uh, Christian to maybe put pressure on their congressmen, congresswomen to change their policies towards the region, Uh, maybe uh, shifted towards more like equality and I hope we can achieve peace at some point, like working together, because Muslims and and Jewish are cousins. That's how we see it always. And we just like have little fights, I hope doesn't go beyond that. Um, And I wanna thank you for hosting us and talking about this because I don't see it much uh, often here in the US. So that was a really good chance for us to speak up and talk about it. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, thank you both for coming on and, and talking with me. Like like I said, I, I don't know that much about this issue. I did take a class, or I mean, I studied in international studies and specifically conflict resolution in college. But I mean, there's only so much you can learn from a textbook and mm-hmm. listening to a professor and as opposed to actually listening to someone who's lived the experience. So I I'm very much appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me about I it.
2: Maybe mm-hmm. you can make it to the Middle East and visit uh, the region
0: yeah i would love to i i met a bunch of um israelis when i was backpacking uh and i think i met one palestinian all right i did meet one palestinian and i mean um yeah i i would love to to go visit at some point and i'm sure when when i do i'll reach out to to hear recommendations for sure
2: of course do that i'll send some friends to take care of you and show you around
0: (laughs) nice awesome yeah
2: yeah don't worry about it
1: (laughs) But yeah, thank you for, um, uh, allowing us to share some, some experiences and insights and uh, in talking to you too, man. Yeah. Of course. Grace.
0: Yeah. Thanks. It's always good to see you, man.
1: Yeah. All right, bro.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, again, thanks to Hala and Piero for joining me. Uh, I just want to kind of like wrap up with a few thoughts about this conversation, which again, I acknowledge is contentious. Um, I, I did at the top sort of mention why I wanted to discuss this because I think it is related to a lot of like bigger issues um, that are seemingly interconnected. Um, and I mentioned you know the rise of autocracy. I mean, Netanyahu is moving f- further and further right. Uh, I think there's just a common thread that is very much related to this. Um, clash that we're, we're seeing and people who have historically been disenfranchised in a variety of ways just feeling uh, more and more oppressed and so that's something that I kind of want you to take away at least that's kind of what I'm taking away from this. Um, but also I religion is another thing that we didn't really touch on too much during this conversation but uh, I, I think it's kind of impossible to ignore I mean uh, Zionism which is basically just this movement that it erupted, I think, during very early 20th century, uh, which encouraged uh, the Jewish people to find a home state in order to protect their own security. And I honestly think a big reason that a lot of more conservative Americans tend to uh, throw their support behind Israel is because Israel to them demonstrates like an ideal potential America and that it's a, largely white conservative religious ethno state and with a very strong military and i i fear that that is not really mentioned enough uh in conversations with regards to why there's so much support behind israel um obviously they need to be able to defend themselves um and there is a strategic uh motivation for the u.s to be involved um, and supporting of Israel, but at the same time, uh, at what cost? Now, during during college, I went to the nearby Carter Center uh, on numerous occasions uh, and heard a few different speakers talk about the issue of the Arab-Israeli conflict and what potential solutions would look like. and And I know from those experiences, as well as this conversation and you know previous studies, just how complex an issue this is. and I'm not trying to pretend that it is one that can easily be solved by any means, but I think just at least making it more aware um, in the average person's mind and what the implications are, not just for the Israelis and Palestinians, but also just people around the world and just American efforts of diplomacy around the world um, is important because uh, everything has consequences. The the world is watching, Muslims around the world are watching. And so it's very difficult to kind of separate this from You know, ISIS, for example, when something like this American just involvement or lack of involvement, I guess, for uh, that sake, is essentially providing uh, fuel on the fire for young people um, around the world from becoming radicalized. Uh, And so, again, I know I'm kind of throwing a lot of things out there, but I hope anyone listening who, like I said, disagrees with anything I say or has something that they just want to contribute to this conversation um, that they reach out, uh, because I, I would be more than happy to, to hear your thoughts and share your opinion with fellow listeners. Um, because again, this is not an easy conversation or issue to tackle. So with all that said, uh, thanks again to Hola and Piero, and thanks to you guys for listening. Um, yeah, stay tuned. More episodes should be coming soon. I'm going to be out of town for the next week, and so I can't imagine... I'll be releasing anything next week, but I don't know. Who knows? Otherwise, thanks everyone for listening and uh, stay safe out there. Cheers.